Welcome to Shipwreck Sunday, where we investigate disasters at sea and the impact that they have on the world today. My name is Eleanor. It's an exciting episode today since we have exclusive pictures and statements from actual divers of this wreck, and you don't want to miss it. Today, we will be discussing the sinking of the Hilma Hooker, a Dutch freighter that is now a famous dive site in Bonaire and has a crazy service history. Stay tuned for the entire history of this fascinating vessel and for exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. Quick disclaimer for our younger audience before we dive in. This story does include details of a maritime disaster resulting in the loss of a vessel and drug trafficking that may be disturbing to some audiences. Viewer discretion is advised for those under the age of 13. Please keep in mind that I'm not a mariner or expert in the field of maritime history, but I've done my research. Okay everyone, let's get into it. The Hilma Hooker has a rich, colorful history with weird twists and turns, and I wouldn't have covered it without the help of two special individuals. I'd like to dedicate this episode to my aunt and uncle, both of whom have contributed their own personal pictures to this project and love diving this wreck in Bonaire. Give them some love in the comments, shipwreckers. Also, shout out to our listener Leopard One on YouTube for correctly guessing the Hilma Hooker in our shout out contest. Cheers to you, friend! The Hilma Hooker was built for N.V. Schiedvaart and Stinkolen Maschape in the Netherlands, being built by Van der Giesen de Noord in Krimpen an den IJssel. I apologize if I totally butchered that. I don't speak Dutch and I gave it my best shot. Her keel was laid in yard number 758 sometime in either 1950 or 1951. Sources differ on an exact date. At this time, she was christened the Midsland on May 20th, 1951, and launched the following day on May 21st. For specifications of the ship, it was so kindly pointed out to me by one of our viewers that we should cover this in both imperial and metric measurements, so we will be doing that from now on. Thank you so much for this suggestion. As for the Hilma Hooker, in imperial measurements, she was 235 feet and 6 inches long, had a beam of 36 feet and 1 inch wide, and a depth of 12 feet and 6 inches tall, being 691 gross registered tons and having a dead weight tonnage of 1,025 tons. In metric measurements, she was 71.78 meters long, had a beam of 11.01 meters wide, and a depth of 3.81 meters tall, and her tonnage was 1,027 tons. As for propulsion, she was equipped with one works for 1,260 brakes horsepower or 940 kilowatt six-cylinder diesel engine driving one propeller shaft. She reached an average service speed of 12 knots, which breaks down to 22 kilometers per hour and 14 miles per hour. Her IMO number was 5234515, and she was a freighter and carried cargo faithfully for her original owners for 13 years. Her first owners would own the Midsland, as we know her right now, from 1951 to 1964, according to the General Marine Merchant Index of Colombia. After this, she was sold to Caribbean Association traders out of Panama in 1964, and they owned her until 1967, renaming the vessel to Mistral. She bounced around a lot, having many owners and many names over the next 20 years. She was acquired by the Bahamas Line in Panama in 1967 and was renamed to the William Express. 
On July 18, 1975, she was acquired by the Benjamin Catron in Panama, only being owned by them for one year and being renamed Anna C. In 1976, Seacoast Shipping Corporation in Panama bought the vessel and renamed her to Doric Express, owning her up until 1979. Her final owners were the Colombian shipping line San Andres Import and Export Company, and they acquired her in 1979, finally naming her the Hilma Hooker. Here's where we get into some conflicting, odd information, so just be aware of that as we move forward. In the summer of 1984, less than five years after she was acquired by the San Andres Import and Export Company, the neglected cargo vessel started to face technical difficulties off the coast of Bonaire. We don't know exactly what these difficulties were. It could be steerage or engine failure or simply just losing power, but either way she was towed to the main port at Kranendijk on the island of Bonaire. Bonaire, for those unaware, is a Dutch island in the Leeward Antilles in the Caribbean Sea off the coast of Venezuela. It's famous for gorgeous scenery, rich marine life, and excellent diving opportunities. We don't know why, but authorities were wary of the Hilma Hooker. It could have been her semi-lewd name, her state of disrepair, or the main suspicion, which is the fact that her crew failed to produce papers for customs immigration officials. It could have even been a tip, too, depending upon who you ask. After they failed to produce their papers, port authorities consulted Interpol, running Hilma Hooker through their system as a potential drug trafficking suspect. As a result of this, they found that not only Interpol, but the Federal Bureau of Investigation, or FBI, had both been tracking Hilma Hooker as a potential drug runner. Soon after this, officials searched the ship, and according to some sources, 25,000 pounds of marijuana were removed between a false and real bulkhead, and these drugs were confiscated by the authorities. For anyone curious, in 2023, that would be about $32,500,000 worth of marijuana. This is just an estimate since the street value of weed and the value of weed through legal avenues like dispensaries varies greatly. Either way, it was obvious that the Hilma Hooker was involved with a hugely profitable and incredibly illegal drug trafficking scheme. The crew would be arrested and the Hilma Hooker was impounded at the dock on June 6, 1984. If you don't know what impounding is, we'll go over that now. Impounding is when authorities seize and take legal custody of something, typically vehicles, goods, or documents, because of an infringement of a law or regulation. Most of the time, cars are the things that get impounded, and to retrieve the item, you have to pay a fine. Anything that's been impounded is held for a certain amount of time, different police departments and federal agencies have different time frames, and if they are not recovered in that time frame, they are auctioned off. So, at this point in time, Hilma Hooker is legally in the custody of the Bon Airport authorities. According to Bruce Bowker of Bruce Bowker's Carib Inn, a hotel located in Kralendijk, Bonaire, local diver operators in Bonaire quickly recognized the value of turning the aging, unkempt vessel into a dive location. They appealed to the local government to create a new dive site using the old, rusty Hilma Hooker. Their plea actually gained a lot of public support. Dive sites like this, as well as the beautiful coral reefs around Bonaire, generates a lot of intrigue for tourists, and tourism is a key part of Bonaire's economy, so the Hilma Hooker could add much more to this economy. However, though the public was in full support of the Hilma Hooker becoming a dive attraction, there was little the local government could do. The Hilma Hooker was evidence in an active case for the Attorney General's Office of the Netherland Antilles, and therefore she could not be transformed into a dive site at this moment. 
If the owners happen to be found not guilty for the crime of drug trafficking, then the Hilma Hooker would need to be returned in the same condition as when she was impounded. This would be further complicated by the fact that Hilma Hooker's owners were not keen on stepping forward to face charges or reclaim the aging freighter. And with all ships, they need to be maintained consistently. If they aren't or begin to fall into disrepair, the situation they find themselves in is similar to that of RMS Queen Mary's. We have an episode on her current situation, and I'll link it in the cards for you. No one was taking care of the Hilma Hooker at that moment, and judging by her rough condition, she hadn't been taken care of properly in a long time. She had most definitely seen better days, with a leaky hull that required water to regularly be pumped out just to keep her from sinking on her own volition. She remained tied here at the pier as legal proceedings continued. However, maintaining Hilma Hooker was quickly becoming dangerous from years of neglect and racking up a bill quickly, with the Hooker in danger of sinking right at the pier. It became ever apparent that not only were the owners not coming forward, but it was becoming difficult to harbor the ship. So the local government made the decision to move Hilma Hooker away from the dock so she would not sink in an area that would cost a lot of money for the government or pose dangers to other ships until the legal proceedings could be sorted out. To figure out the best place to move the hooker, the government alongside Bonaire's Tourism Bureau called a meeting with local dive operators to find a suitable place to anchor her. So if and when Hilma Hookers randomly sank, she couldn't become a navigational hazard or destroy the local coral reef, and she'd become a nice wreck dive. And with the help of the local dive experts, they found her place in all of this. On September 7, 1984, she was moved to a dive site known as Angel City, located on the south coast of Bonaire. Angel City is named after the angelfish, which is abundant in the area. Hilma Hooker would only last five more days at Angel City, before succumbing to her long open wounds. She began to take on water on September 12, 1984, and her pumps failed. She began to sink, generating a starboard list and quickly filling with water. At 9.08 a.m., she rolled completely over to her starboard side, disappearing under the crystal clear Caribbean waters only two minutes later. According to Bowker, there were not a lot of people present at her sinking because of the intention. Quote, there was no fanfare because it was not legally intended that the ship should sink, he'd later state. Despite intention, Hilma Hooker did sink down to the bottom of the Caribbean Sea and landing on her starboard side. Because there was so much pre-planning involved, it's difficult to call this wreck entirely natural, but nothing about the hooker seems natural. The wreck's location is a diver's dream. It's within swimming distance to the shore next to two coral reefs and well within recreational limits. There was very little fuel or oil in her tanks to pollute the sea when she sank as well, so it's not constantly leaking oil into the water like the ships in Pearl Harbor are. Because of this fact, there are rumors that the pumps that were keeping the hooker afloat were sabotaged by impatient divers wanting a cool wreck to dive. No one but the Hilma Hooker herself will ever truly know the full extent of this and what the truth really is. As for the wreckage of the ship, her mast lies just shy of 100 feet or 30.48 meters under the water, with the distance between the port side of the ship and the surface only being 60 feet or 18.29 meters. Her bow faces south, and her stern, with propeller and rudder still attached, face north. There is ample deck space for divers of all skill levels to explore, as well as two large deck houses, crew quarters, wheelhouse, chart room, a galley, and a vast empty cargo hold. 
Visibility is good, usually exceeding 100 feet or 30.48 meters, and water temperature is warm, averaging in the 80s in Fahrenheit and 26 to 32 degrees in Celsius. All you need to do to dive the wreck is acquire a $25 tag and abide by all the Bonaire National Marine Park's rules and regulations. The operators for this dive are Buddy Dive and Bruce Bowker's Carib Inn. Though diving the wreck is good for divers of all skill levels, leave penetration diving or diving within the wreck to the real pros. The ship was evidence in a criminal case and therefore couldn't be touched, and this means there are a lot of obstacles left within the wreck itself. Divers will come across furniture, debris, heavy steel doors, and other potential hazards like clothing and other loose debris to get tangled up in. The engine room, well below the aft deckhouse, is the most dangerous area of the ship because of entanglement hazards, a lack of natural light penetration, and low visibility, and therefore you should avoid it for your safety. The good thing about diving the Hilma Hooker is the amount of wildlife you'll encounter. As we stated earlier, there are two coral reefs that Hilma Hooker is situated in between, and this supports a variety of sea life. You'll encounter parrotfish, yellow snapper, angelfish, and shrimp around the deck area, and occasionally barracuda and tarpon are found slinking about the wreckage. The propeller blades are home to a massive accumulation of sea sponges, with tubastrea corals and large purple tube sponges growing along the hull. Garden eels lurk the sandy ocean floor, and if that isn't enough sea life for you, plenty more exist on the two reefs on either side of the wreck. The ship is also highly accessible because of numerous moorings around the ship as well as its proximity to the shore. If you're looking for her, just look for the yellow rock emblazoned with her name, and you'll likely find her in no time. If you visit in early morning or later in the afternoon, you're likely to be alone at the Hilma Hooker. Always bring a dive expert with you and make sure your equipment is up to date and safe to use before diving any site, including the wreck of the Hilma Hooker. My Uncle Chris is a dive master and instructor. This means he's completed a log of at least 60 dives, and he's done well over that. When I asked him about his experience diving the Hilma Hooker, he said he managed to dive the entire ship, even the dangerous engine room. He actually found the placard within the ship dedicated to divers who died previously within the Hilma Hooker. He said it was a really strange moment for him. He's very experienced at diving as well as quite the daredevil, so I would not suggest following in my uncle's footsteps unless you have prepared thoroughly and have a trained dive professional assisting you with the dive. Uncle Chris is a one-of-a-kind diver, so the fact he was able to easily dive this should say something about his dive experience. My Aunt Shelley, though not a certified dive master, has done her fair share of dives as well, and she has dived the Hilma Hooker on several occasions. I also asked her about her experience diving the ship, and she said this, quote, I've been inside the cargo hold. It's a big open cargo hold, and it's pitch dark in there. I'll tell you that it's scary to me because I'm not a night diver, but it's kind of cool. The wheelhouse is still there, and most divers get pictures behind the wheel. There are so many cool fish around there, especially the big tarpon and barracuda. You swim out 150 yards and you drop down onto the ship, and as you go down, you see it take shape and that's really cool. You think, there she is, there's the Hilma Hooker. There's an anchor that's about 25 feet away, and we got pictures with it too. It's huge, you can actually stand on part of it. If you're in a group, a beginner could definitely do it as long as you watch your air and stuff like that. It's awesome. Just a reminder, my aunt is also an experienced diver, so please take her advice, especially if you're a beginner. That's the end of the Hilma Hooker. 
Her story is strange and unlike any other, ending at the bottom of the Caribbean Sea where her legacy lives on with divers. As you now know, my Aunt Shelley and Uncle Chris are two divers who both love this dive location and respect the shipwreck and its history, and their love of the ocean is part of the reason I fell in love with ships and their stories. Shout out to them for providing some of the pictures and their personal experiences for this week's episode. Thank you for contributing your stories and pictures with myself as well as our shipwrecker community for this episode, you two. I really appreciate it. With these unique pictures and stories, our society will never forget the Hilma Hooker and the value she provides to divers everywhere. If you like this video, check out our video on RMS Empress of Ireland, another popular diving wreck. Thanks so much to our lovely patrons for subscribing and supporting the channel and myself as a creator. You guys are awesome, and it really does help us out. If you'd like to support this channel and future episodes, go to patreon.com slash shipwrecksunday to join. Thank you for tuning in to Shipwreck Sunday. If you liked this episode and are listening on YouTube, please give us a like, leave us a comment, and subscribe to our channel. If you liked this episode and are listening on Spotify, Samsung Podcasts, Amazon Music, or another podcast service, please subscribe for more content and leave us a 5-star review, as it does help us reach more listeners like you. If you have any ships you'd like us to cover, please leave us a comment and you might hear your favorite ship here on the podcast. Check out our community tab for updates and to interact with us. And we are also on Facebook and Instagram. Tune in next Sunday for the Battle of the Denmark Strait as we follow the perspectives of the German battleship Bismarck and HMS Hood. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time.